You can't always see bad weather coming, so it's essential that you're able to see through it when you drive. Michelin wiper blades with advanced technology hug your windshield like a Michelin tire hugs the road, channeling away water, snow, and ice so you can see clearly, drive confidently, and breathe easy. Michelin wiper performance, clearer than ever. Upgrade to Michelin premium wipers today at Walmart, Amazon, and other fine retailers. With one of the best savings rates in America, banking with Capital One is the easiest decision in the history of decisions. Even easier than choosing Slash to be in your band. Next up for lead guitar. You're in. Cool. <laughs> yep, even easier than that. And with no fees or minimums on checking and savings accounts, is it even a decision? That's banking reimagined. What's in your wallet? Terms apply. See CapitalOne.com slash bank for details. Capital One and a member FDIC. Hello, Cleveland, and welcome to an emergency edition of the Dogland Podcast. This is actually our first episode we've recorded in about a month. So uh, we did have some big Browns news that we wanted to sit down and uh, chat about. I'm your host, Jackson McCurry, and rolling with me, as always, is my co-host, Anthony Jokey. Anthony, how you been, man? It's been a, been a long month, but it's uh, yeah. good to sit down and chat with you. You know, it's been a very long month, but it's also been a very short month because the time has flown by with uh, work being crazy and whatnot. Uh, but, yeah, I'm glad uh, we got to sit down today. And, you know, we got some very good Browns news today um, that we're going to talk about here in a second. But it's always it's always good to sit down with you, um, which have, we've done for almost 300 episodes now. Uh, and we're only a couple away from that. So it's been it's pretty fun. Yeah, yeah, almost 300 episodes, almost five years, both coming up on both of those milestones next week. And you said it was a short month. Anthony, we're 10 days away from the NFL draft. I know you messaged me the other day. You're like, is the draft like next week? And I'm like, uh, yeah, it is. <laughs> yeah, I know. I'm like, the time has just like flown by and I, I've completely lost track of it. And I, I, can't believe the draft is just like 12 days away or whatever it is. So it's, it's pretty nuts. It, it, it helps that the Browns don't have a first round pick. So it makes things a little easier for us this year. Uh, and compared to other years when, you know, we've had, you know, top 10 picks, top five picks, you know, those couple years we had the number one pick. So we can kind of sit back and chill on that first night, knowing the Browns don't even have to make a pick. Yeah. And, uh, well, maybe not necessarily. We can see what kind of wheeling dealing goes around, but, um, you know, I, I think what we've learned over Andrew Barry's first couple of drafts is we can learn to trust whatever he does. And it, it's nice to really not have to sit here for six months talking about who we're going to take in the first round um, and debate about. It. So it, it's uh, it's nice to kind of sit back and relax and, and, and trust the front office. For sure. And when it comes to sitting back and relaxing and trusting the front office, Today, that that reason could be used for cornerback Denzel Ward. Uh, it's the deal I think we've been waiting for for over a year now because we talked about it last offseason. But uh, the Browns and Denzel Ward's reps got it done. Uh, Adam Schefter was the first to report it. It's a five-year deal worth $100.5 million. And it also includes $71.25 million uh, totally guaranteed in the deal. We don't know the fully guaranteed yet or the uh, exact details, but... 
Denzel Ward is now the highest paid corner in the history of the league. The previous high mark for a cornerback was Jalen Ramsey, who signed a five-year, $100 million extension with the Los Angeles Rams two years ago. And that total guaranteed at the time was $71.2 million. So Denzel Ward has jumped Jalen Ramsey in terms of total value and total guaranteed. And, you know, Anthony, like I said, we've been waiting on this one for a while. Uh, we were kind of worried because it was very quiet when it came to Denzel Ward and the extension talks, but um, the Browns got it done and they realized that Denzel Ward is not only a cornerstone of the defense, but a cornerstone of this franchise. And uh, now they have him on, in the fold for the next six seasons, including this upcoming one. Yeah. I think a couple things about this is now um, you have quite a few cornerstones that are locked up long time. You have the quarterback, you have Denzel Ward, you have Miles Garrett, uh, all under contract for the next several seasons, um, which is good because they don't have first round picks that they use to trade for the quarterback. Um, the second thing is, is I think it's good. We didn't really hear anything about this, uh, any kind of, contract uh progression talks um it was very quiet on both sides you didn't hear anything being played out in the media or or stuff like that so uh the fact that they were able to quietly get this done uh on both sides um you know i kind of think that kind of speaks on, on denzel's side too i think he's a pretty quiet guy for a corner um you know there's a lot of corners in this league who have big personalities i don't think denzel has that off the field on the field he does uh but i i just think off the field you know he's he's a rather composed guy so um i think it's good that the the front office and denzel ward and his agents were able to get this done and you know we really didn't hear anything about it until today until uh the deal was finalized yeah i mean I know back in November when they extended Batonio and Teller, I think I forget who the national reporter was, but they said Denzel Ward was up next. And then we didn't hear anything about it. You know, the rest of the season, it made it sound like they were close. Like it was something that was going to get done because he's obviously been extension eligible since last off season. But yeah, the fact that there was no like public negotiations, the, the fact that it was still quiet, I think just showed that both sides wanted to get it done. They weren't going to use any media tactics to try to one up each side. I think it was apparent that, you know, Denzel wanted to stay in Northeast Ohio, although there was scuttlebutt. I think there was discussion like Denzel's been in Ohio his whole life, obviously from Nordonia, went to Ohio State, drafted by the Browns four years ago. Like, would he want to branch out, you know, much like LeBron did 12 years ago when he left Cleveland for Miami, like, you know, and then there was people talking about potential trade and, you know, obviously, you know, there was all that discussion, but the fact that they got it done and just kept it quiet and worked to hammer out a deal just goes to show that both sides wanted to get this done. They wanted to uh, stay committed to one another. And it's a good thing that they got this done. Yeah, uh, it's a great deal. And I, I think when you look at the cornerback room now um, and how things are. You have Denzel Ward under contract for next six seasons. You have Greg Newsom under contract, under a rookie contract for the next four seasons. Um, that includes his fifth-year option, which I'm sure they will pick up. You have Greedy Williams, uh, two more years or one more year? Let's see, he's, he's entering his final year. Okay. Um, so, you know, the cornerback the room, at least your top two guys are, are locked up for at least four years now. 
Um, and and today's NFL, you know, you need a lot of corners, especially when you look at the receivers in the division. You look down in Cincinnati, who won the division last year. Um, they made it to the Super Bowl. You know, they have some very good receivers down there, and you need some good corners. And, you know, the Browns' defense played well against them uh, both games. Uh, you know, they were able to win both games. You know, the second one, you know, you can talk about that. But, you know, they went down there in that first one and, and beat them. So, um, you know, this defense has had success against them. You know, Denzel Ward has had quite a bit of success against uh, Cincinnati down there. So, you know, having these guys locked up long term uh, is just really going to, you know, keep things rolling for this defense, uh, especially in the secondary. And, you know, there's plenty of good receivers uh, in the league and in, in this draft, too. So if you could if you have two good top corners, um, you're in really good shape. And the Browns have that and under contract for at least four years now. Yeah, I mean, like you said, you got Newsom and Ward locked up for the next at least four seasons. Denzel's technically six, and Newsom's got at least three, probably four if he stays on his trajectory because he showed some definite promise as a rookie. Um, Troy Hill's on the final year of his deal. Greedy Williams on the final year of his deal. We have A.J. Green for a couple more years, and it won't shock me if they draft a corner in the middle, late rounds of the draft to continue to develop guys because – they've done a pretty good job with that secondary Joe Woods and Jeff Howard, who's the, I think he's the secondary coach. They've done a good job of molding uh, these rookie, these corners into what they, what fits their scheme. Uh, AJ Green's prime example, you know, get a guy that was undrafted and now he's, uh, he emerged last year in spots because of injuries or COVID and uh, he's showing some potential. So, you know, even if greedy and Troy Hill both leave the room going forward, um, I feel confident that they'll be able to plug guys in, whether it's in free agency or the draft, or if they pull off a trade for somebody to uh, fill out that cornerback room. Yeah, I could I could certainly see you know a draft pick uh, heading to the cornerback room. Um, you know, there's still plenty of opportunities to add players, uh, whether it be still left in free agency, whether it be the draft, undrafted free agents, a trade. There's still plenty of opportunities, but you know. In terms of along the pass rusher line, of uh, which might be the motto of this podcast, you can never have enough pass rushers. I think in today's NFL, you could probably say the same about corners um, because of how good the receivers are everywhere across the league. So, uh, you know, corner is another position that you just can't have enough talent at. And if there's a way to add to that, I'm positive that Andrew Barry and company will be able to do that. Um, we just have to wait and see uh, what that is over, you know, the course of uh, the next couple of weeks with the draft uh, coming up. For sure. And, and you, you know, Anthony, you talked about Ward's success against the Cincinnati Bengals during his career. His success across the AFC North since he's been drafted has been pretty damn good. I mean, you look at the numbers um, in 18 career games, he's got 63 solo tackles, um, seven interceptions and 24 pass breakups, but he's also had two pick sixes, both against the Cincinnati Bengals. I think 2019, he had one against Andy Dalton in his final year, and then last year he had the 100-yard pick six uh, when the Browns went down to Cincinnati and blew him out. So, And he's also got two interceptions against the Ravens and two against Pittsburgh. So, I mean, Denzel gets up for these big-time division games, so he knows how much, and obviously 
obviously growing up in Northeast Ohio, he knows how meaningful the Browns games are against the Ravens, the Bengals and the Steelers. And uh, the stats back it up that he's, he performs at his best in these division games. So I think he understands like to get to where the Browns want to go. He's got to shut down these receivers. And so far throughout the duration of his career, he's done just that. I mean, you think back to his first game against Pittsburgh, it was a rainy, muddy, like windy game. I, um, I was there. <laughs> you were there. That was, was the tie. There. It was the tie, yes. Off, he picked off um, Roethlisberger twice. I think he was covering Antonio Brown, if I'm not mistaken, because I think Brown was still there. And he picked off Roethlisberger twice in his very first NFL game. So Ward knows how much uh, these division games mean and how much those rivalries mean uh, towards the Browns and to, to the fan base as well. Yeah, and you, you've heard him talk about it, uh, too. So, you know, uh, the, his performance against the division game, uh, against the divisional opponents has been wonderful. Uh, you always love a player who can rise up to uh, those occasions. Uh, you know, he, he's he's so good as a player, you know, where teams don't want to throw it to his side. But, you know, if they go to the other side, now you got Newsom on that side, too. So, um, you know, He's just a, a very good player. You know, obviously people will be concerned about, you know, him missing games here and there. And, you know, if he misses a couple games every year during a regular season, that's probably fine as long as he's there for the, the playoffs, as long as the Browns make it. Um, especially with the teams playing 17 games now. Uh, you know, if he's there for 15 to 17 or 14 to 17, uh, I think that's fine. Uh, and you can say that for everybody on the roster, uh, in my opinion. But, uh, yeah, you know, he, he's been so good uh, against the visual opponents, and you hope that trend uh, can continue. Yeah, for sure. And I'm glad you brought up his durability because that's always been the knock on Denzel since he entered the league. Um, you know, 2018, it was more – it was actually as a whole – He's missed. He missed three games his rookie year, four games in his second and third year individually. And then last year he missed two. And, you know, it's been mainly like hamstring issues. He had the next uh, the stinger to his neck, I think, his rookie year during the preseason. But he ultimately didn't miss any games at the beginning of the year. Um, I think he also had a concussion. It was either his rookie year or his second year. Durability has been the one knock on Denzel. But I think last year he kind of silenced the critics. He missed one game because of injury and one game because of COVID. Um, do you think that's the biggest knock on him so far and going forward that he just needs to stay healthy and durable, for, obviously through the length of this next contract? Yeah, because I, I, Jack, I honestly can't point anything on the field that I would knock him for. Um, so I, I think durability is the biggest thing. You know, we've discussed on here many times about how uh, about availability as being the, the best thing uh, a player can have uh, on the field. So if as long as he could stay healthy, as long as, you know, he could play, like I said, you know, 15 to 17, 14 to 17 games, I think the Browns defense will be just fine. Um, because like I said, I, I honestly can't pinpoint one thing on the field uh, that, I would criticize of him, you know, for a quarterback who might be a, a touch shorter than others. Uh, he does a very good job of defending some of the bigger guys. Um, he's very good at his technique. He's very good at what he does. Um, so, you know, to him, I, I guess you could make the argument just out of default. His biggest thing is the durability 
um, you know, based on that, he has missed some games. So as long as he's able to get on the field, he'll be just fine. Yeah, for sure. And like, I think the one knock on him and obviously like some people are pointing it out. Um, he doesn't get, he doesn't force enough turnovers per se. He doesn't cause enough turnovers. He only has 10 career interceptions. Well, they and, put throw it to his side. <laughs> right. And that's, that's, the thing. that's the big thing. Like I just pointed out before we started recording, uh, there was a comparison between him and JC Jackson, who was the top corner in the free agency market. And JC Jackson got 40 million guaranteed, but he has, I think, 15 more career interceptions. His QB rating when targeted is like 26 points below Denzel Ward's. Ward's was like 56. JC Jackson is 30 something. I, I mean, people want to say, oh, well, he's, he doesn't put up the stats. But like you said, teams avoid throwing it at Denzel Ward because he shuts corners down or wide receivers down. He's one of the best cover corners in the league. Yeah. It doesn't translate wise statistically and he doesn't get enough respect. Um, in terms of all pro votes, he's been to the pro bowl twice in four years, but he doesn't get, uh, the recognition when he's, uh, up for all pro. But like, I think teams around the league, if Denzel Ward would have been a free agent, probably would have gotten a big time payday not saying he didn't jc jackson shouldn't have because he definitely should have he should have got more than he got but i just think it's funny that like people want to say well denzel ward doesn't have enough interceptions or he doesn't do this or he doesn't do that but it's like the numbers in the film speaks for himself like he's been consistently one of the best cover corners in the league and even jalen ramsey tweeted i was waiting for someone to join the hundred million dollar club and Denzel Ward deserved it. So, like, obviously, he's respected amongst his peers around the league uh, as one of the best corners in the league. Yeah, I, I was trying to uh, look up the the stats um, really quickly here from last year. So, opponents threw against the Browns 576 times last year. Do you want to take a guess how many of those targets were against Denzel Ward? Um, I would say... Out of how many? It was 576. I would say he probably had 75 to 80. You almost nailed it. Uh, he, he was targeted 71 times, which is 12% of all throws were thrown his way. Out of all those targets, 44 of those were receptions. Wow. So. You know, to have three interceptions uh, on 71 targets, I would say that's pretty, pretty decent last year. (laughs) Um, You know, PFF has his grade at a a 77 uh, for last season. Um, So, I mean, you know, if you're only targeted 12 percent of the time last year, uh, I think that's pretty good. So, you know, teams just didn't throw at him. And, you know, I, I think you could just ignore the turnover thing uh because how little teams are targeting him for sure for sure um you know you mentioned like you talk about the defensive core being locked up you talk about the browns core as a whole and you know there's the knock with andrew barry with analytics and blah 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 to put in perspective the and hayden grove tweeted this out so shout out to hayden of cleveland.com you got deshaun watson locked up through 2026 Nick Chubb through 2024, Amari Cooper through 2024. Now, granted, 
you there's early outs in those deals that the Browns could get out of, but technically they're through 2024. Miles Garrett through 2026, Ward now through 2027, Batonio, Joel Batonio through 2026, Wyatt Teller through 2025, and Greg Newsom through 2026. So you have two fifths of your offensive line, your starting corners, your starting running back, your starting wide receiver, your future Hall of Fame pass rusher and your franchise quarterback all locked up at least through the next four or five years. So the foundation is there. I trust Andrew Barry and company to fill in around those guys, but the foundation is set for the Browns to go on uh, multiple Super Bowl runs, Anthony, now that on both sides of the ball, offensively and defensively. Yeah, it really is. And you hope that everybody can stay healthy. You hope that players will be, available uh and not facing suspensions um you know you just hope that they can put it all together you know the the talent on this team uh you could probably put up against any other team in the nfl the thing with the browns is it has to translate to on the field it has to translate from being on paper to on the field and you know you saw uh it translates in 2020 you didn't see it translate last year, uh, you know, mainly from quarterback play, but you need to see it translate this season from paper onto the field if it's going to work. Um, you know, if it doesn't work, you're going to have to have some serious conversations. But uh, I, I think that the, the talent on this team is there for them to win. They just have to go out there and prove it. Yeah, without a doubt. I mean, at the end of the day, they look great on paper. What it comes down to is coaching, execution, and staying healthy. I think those were the three things last year that that really hampered the expectations of the team last year. The injuries, obviously, on both sides of the ball. The execution, odd offense, because defensively, the second half of the year, they were executing and playing at the top 10, top 5 level that I think a lot of us thought they were going in, that they could be going into the season. And then coaching. I think Stefanski... Uh, struggled at times with play calling last year. Granted, he was limited, obviously, with quarterback play and the injuries that were surrounding the team. Um, and then I think Joe Woods, the first half of the year, was not doing as well as we thought they he would. And I think the second half, they turned things around. So, you know, I think we all have high expectations for the team. We'll see how it goes. But I think those are the three biggest factors going into 2022. Yeah, yeah, I think you're right. Um, you know, there's still some opportunity here to add some more players to this team, uh, to look even better on paper. And, you know, as we've just talked about here, it just has to translate now. And if it translates, uh, you know, you're looking at the team that can win, you know, 12 games or so. Uh, as long as everybody's available, and that's a discussion for another day. <laughs> but, um, you know, there's certainly enough talent on this, on this team to win. So we just have to go out there and uh, wait and see if it happens or not. Definitely. And, you know, you mentioned adding more pieces. You know, we're still waiting on Jarvis Landry's decision, Jadevian Clowney's addition, uh, decision. We got the draft coming up in 10 days. So they're going to add more pieces there at pick 44, 78, 99. Hopefully some guys that can make big impacts uh, at some point during 2022 and beyond. They also made a couple roster moves while we were recording. Um, the team re-signed defensive tackle Sheldon Day, which I know our guy, Jack Duffin, who, uh, for those that don't know, 
Jack left the Dogland to take a role with the OBR. And we're very happy for him. He's been saying that he thought Sheldon Day was going to come back. Um, so Sheldon Day's back as another piece to the D tackle room. Um, they also signed defensive end Stephen Weatherly, who played in 15 games last year. And like we always say, Anthony, can't have enough pass rushers. He, he was effective this last couple years. Um, his last four years between Minnesota, Carolina, and Denver, he had 27 pressures in 2018, 29 pressures in 2019. He fell off a little bit in 2020 with 12, but came back with 21 pressures um, in 2021 between Minnesota and Denver. So more defensive end depth. Um, I still would expect Evan Clowney to come back at some point, adding another pass rusher to the mix, but depth is never a bad thing. And if you have Chase Winovich, Stephen Weatherly, you know, some guy they add in the draft or Porter Gustin uh, to back up Clowney and Miles Garrett, that's not a bad thing to have at the position. No, not at all. And you're right. And I, I want to ask you, out of, you know, those players that you mentioned, out of, uh, Landry and Clowney and who's the other guy? Um, uh, I guess Njoku. Uh, yeah. Well, Njoku. They get that deal done. But he's, he'll be on the team no matter what. Yeah. So, like, do you – I would imagine Clowney is probably the answer to this, but the guy you most care to re-sign would be Clowney, I would assume. Yeah, I mean, like, I would like Landry back, but at the same time, I want this team to become more explosive offensively, and this is no slight or any, like, negative towards Jarvis Landry, but we need to get more explosive. Landry's not that guy, and he never was that guy, unfortunately, but they bring him back. It's a great presence to have in this team. He's obviously been the catal- one of the catalysts of the turnaround the last four years. Um, I know money's the hang-up as far as from what I've heard, but... I would think the longer it goes, the more likely Landry's back. But Clowney is just something we need because outside of Miles Garrett, we really don't have anything like Winovich and Weatherly and some other guys and even a guy we had in the draft. I don't think could together combined could make up for what Land or Clowney did last year on the on the defensive front. I mean, he was good, he was effective, he was durable, like it's what we needed opposite Miles Garrett. And I just hope that they can work out a deal if they haven't already and he's just kind of playing the waiting game and doesn't want to report for OTAs like you don't have to actually since it's not mandatory but I think Clowney is so much more important to this team than Landry yeah I think so and I think you saw that last year with the success that uh, Miles Garrett had on the other side uh, of Clowney and you know you could attribute Clowney's success last year to having Miles Garrett on the other side too so I think it's a it'll be a good thing for both teams if they can get uh, if they can get something done with Clowney. So hopefully that is the case. Oh, for sure, for sure. Um, anything else you want to discuss before we wrap things up? Um, I don't think so. I think we're we're all good for right now. Yep, because there's we've covered everything, and there's still no Baker Mayfield trade, so we're still kind of waiting on our waiting on the edge of our seats for that one. So who knows when that's coming, but. I'm not, I'm, not, I'm not on the edge of my seat. I just uh, <laughs> want it to happen and be over with, yeah. uh, you know. You know, since we're bringing it up, did you listen to the podcast last week? Uh, no. Uh, but You've I seen saw, the quotes. I've seen a few of the quotes, yeah. Since we haven't talked about Baker, what's your thoughts on all that? And, like, from the quotes you've seen, like, what do you think about how he's behaving right now? We haven't talked in a month, so we might as well get air everything out. <laughs> For 
somebody who is going out basically on job interviews uh, to apply for other teams at the moment. You know, this is the equivalent of having those one or two bad tweets on your Twitter account that somebody can go look up uh, while you're interviewing for a job. Uh, well, I would say Baker probably has at least a dozen of those uh, right now. And I think that, you know, the more he talks, the more it hurts uh, himself at the moment. Um, so, you know, I, I just think he continues to uh, – and the longer he opens his own mouth, I think the longer this thing is going to go on. And maybe that's the way he wants it to go, so the Browns will just cut him. Um, I don't know if they're going to do that or not. Uh, I would think at some point there's, you know, you don't want him to show up to OTAs or anything. Uh, I'd be curious to see if he does, uh, if he's still under contract with the Browns at that point. Um, OTAs but, start tomorrow. Oh, uh, We're recording we'll this on Monday. It starts on Tuesday. I guess we'll find out. Uh, oh, I don't, God. Can I you don't, imagine? I don't think he would, but... Um, it would certainly be something if he did. I don't see it though. Yeah, and, I just, and and to all the talk of, you know, why not play Baker Mayfield until Deshaun Watson's impending suspension is up? I'm not for that. I that would just be uh, a nightmare and something the Browns need to avoid. Yeah, I just I think well with them adding Jacoby Brissett and Josh Dobbs to the QB room, I just think. They know they're moving on from Baker. It's just a matter of when. Uh, we know that the Panthers are the most interested. Um, I guess there's still a chance the Seahawks could trade for him. I know the Lions have been connected. The Buccaneers have been connected. I don't know how the Buccaneers would even pull it off with Baker's guaranteed money. The Browns would have to eat a big chunk of that. Um, but like you, he he's going out and talking is not doing him any favors at this point. And his people need to realize that and tell him that. Now, Baker's going to do what he wants. That's what he's always done. He's going to run his mouth regardless of the situation. Um, but, yeah, that that interview and then saying the Browns told me one thing, then they did another. I don't know if Baker and his reps fully listened to what the Browns said because they said, you're our guy, but we're going to explore our options. And that's what they did. They went and tried to get Russell Wilson. Didn't happen. Um, and then Deshaun Watson became available. And then when his, the criminal cases were cleared, they obviously went full go and went in full pursuit to get him. But I just don't think Baker and his people, I think Baker and his people were more hurt that they went down and met with him. If they had not met with him and then just pulled off the trade, I don't think they would have been as hurt, but I don't know. I just like Baker. I don't understand. Like, I understand it to a degree why he's upset, but at the same time, it's like you have to be professional. I mean, you look at what, how Jimmy Garoppolo has acted the last two years, how Sam Darnold has approached things in Carolina with them pursuing every quarterback under the sun. Like those guys are handling it professionally. Baker's not. So like, I just, it's just, it's Baker. I just thought he would be more mature about this, but at the same time, looking back at his history, I guess I should have, I was a bit too naive to think that he was going to grow up. Yeah. Or like, um, when it was Alex Smith and, uh, Kaepernick, you know, yeah. that whole, how Raven, that whole situation played out. So Alex Smith and Mahomes, right. Uh, and you know, there's, I mean, there's been countless, yeah, countless and, things. And the, the NFL is a business. And if you're not 
trying to constantly improve, you're going to get left behind. And the Browns determined that, you know, they look at the other quarterbacks in this division in the AFC, <coughs> excuse me, especially after, you know, the Russell Wilson trade and the emergence of some of these rookies like Justin Herbert uh, and whatnot. So you have to, um, you know, they thought they had to improve the position and that's what they went ahead and did. And like I said, you know, the NFL is a business and if the Browns aren't constantly trying to improve, they're going to get left behind as they had been left behind for the last umpteen years. So, um, they're finally out in the forefront of, uh, you know, constantly trying to improve. And, you know, unfortunately it came at the cost of Baker Mayfield this time. For sure. For sure. Um, so as we wrap things up, uh, you guys can follow Anthony on Twitter at Anthony Jokey. That's J O K I. You can follow me on Twitter at Jack McCurry zero eight. And you can also follow us on Twitter at the Dogland. Um, Please go give us a follow. We're within 200 of 2000. We'd be awesome to make that happen before the draft. Um, and just thank you guys for always listening to us. We are at, this is episode 298. So we are two away now from 300 and next week we should hit that goal with the draft coverage as well as our five-year anniversary, which we, Alex, or Anthony, you started this about five years ago at this time, right before the 2017 draft. And that's when, things started pointing upward for the Cleveland Browns, even though we were embarking on the 0-16 season right beforehand. Yeah, I still don't know how we made it through that first season. Uh, that that was pretty impressive. Uh, there have been numerous people uh, that have joined the show. Uh, I know you've been my partner on the show for the longest. We've had incredible guests over the years. Um I, I I would hate to try to name them all off because I know I I would forget somebody and I wouldn't want to do that. Uh, but It'd just be like you know. me and always miss Jared Mueller, even though he's been on the show probably more than anybody. <laughs> I mean, between him or Stephen Thomas, I, I think it's got to be pretty close to right. Uh, who's been on the most? Um, or or Tony Serino? Uh, I know he's been yeah. on quite a bit. That, um, that's that that's a fellow that covers Pittsburgh. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we'll have to get him uh, on during the off season to get catch up on Mitch yeah, Trubisky well, fever. <laughs> um, yeah, there's been there's been quite a bit. You know, we've we've been lucky to have like Jake Trotter on. We've, um, you know, obviously we've had. Um, oh goodness gracious! Like I said, we've had Jeff Rich on. We've had Mark um, Schofield. Yeah, we've Burns. had Mark Jake, yeah. uh, Jeff Lloyd, uh, Lloyd uh, Jeff Risden. I mean, we've had pretty much anybody that covers the Browns or that has covered our opponent that week or whatever. Like we've pretty much had everybody on and I'm sure we will add to that guest list during the off season and next season as well. Yeah. You know, we've had obviously Jack Duff and on, um, uh, next time it will be as a, a member, uh, not, being a part of the Dogland, um, you know, uh, we've had Shane Carter on a couple times uh, oh, yeah. for uh, so. Oh, Kevin, uh, Masari, uh, Masar, yep. a couple times. So I mean, there, there's just been so many uh, that we've had on. So like, I know we're forgetting people, and I'm sorry. 
but uh, it, it's been quite a ride for the last five years. For sure. And let's make it another five more. Hopefully we get a Super Bowl with these five. That would be that nice. That would be amazing. It? That would probably be the point where we just like, we will walk off and be like, we want we our re- Super Bowl. We could retire after that Super Bowl post game show <laughs> and be done. For sure, for sure, man. But um, as we get on out of here, guys, we thank you for listening and sticking with us. And hopefully you continue to stick with us. Um, And until next time, as we get on out of here, as always, go Browns. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, We've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.